0: From Wispolitics in Madison, you're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. I'm Adam Kelnhofer, a reporter at Wispolitics.com, here with my colleague Kate Morton in the Madison office to talk about an interview she just got to do with Clean Wisconsin Government Relations Director Eric Cantor. So, Kate, what did you and Eric get to talk about?
1: Well, Adam, we touched on a couple of different important water quality topics for Wisconsin, including PFAS. There is some legislation circulating at the moment. It's a Republican bill that would do a number of things to combat PFAS, including creating a grant program. Uh, We also touched on a recent U.S. Supreme Court decision and talked about how that might affect Wisconsin's wetlands and their water quality.
0: All right. Well, let's just get right into it.
1: Well, thanks for joining me, Eric. Uh, I think we can go ahead and get started. Uh, First off, I just want to talk about a little bit about the recent Supreme Court decision, Sackett versus EPA. Uh, This is something that some environmental groups have raised concerns about as it relates to wetlands. So I was thinking maybe you could talk a little bit about how this will affect Wisconsin and what the impact of that ruling will be.
2: Sure. I I think it's probably first important just to explain you know why wetlands are so essential they they do so many good things uh, they filter out pollutants they, they clean water um, most importantly for a lot of a lot of folks is they uh, are incredibly important in mitigating sort of the worst effects of flooding so it's it's important to really conserve wetlands to, to the best of our ability um, you know without wetlands in this case was sort of about uh, wetlands connecting to surface waters, but without protecting wetlands, we can't really protect surface waters at the same time. Um, so we are, one of our attorneys here at Clean Wisconsin had gone through the, had gone through the opinion and um, he was actually uh, talking to some media himself recently about this, but um, really what the court did is is bizarre as we see it. So Congress, um, through the Clean Water Act, um, you know, tells EPA to to protect adjacent wetlands. And and for a long time, what that was, certainly what the intent of that was and what the understanding of that was, was that um, those are wetlands near or neighboring uh, surface waters, neighboring, you know, lakes, rivers, streams. Um, And what the court decided was basically that um, adjacent means a continuous water connection um that's not a phrase that appears anywhere in the clean water act um i you know i think it's i think it's safe to say they sort of pulled that out of the air and they sort of made that up and that's certainly not how um the clean water act has been understood and, and certainly not what the intent was um so you know there's a few things what this means for wisconsin luckily wisconsin has um Extremely good. Well, we have very good uh, wetlands laws. And, and part of that is due to sort of another Supreme Court case from about 20 years ago that sort of weakened uh, federal wetland protections. And there was really a, a bipartisan effort to say, bipartisan effort here in the state to say, well, you know, if the federal government has sort of advocated its duties as, on wetlands, um, we need to do something our, ourselves here in the state. And so there was a, a, a legislation that went through that really strengthened Wisconsin's wetland laws. And so certainly that's good for us uh, in, in the face of this ruling. However, we're not completely unharmed here. Um, there are, previously there were wetlands where there might be um, shared jurisdiction between the state and the federal government on, on a wetland. So uh, the state would get sort of the benefit of um, help from the, from the federal government on those issues relating to those sort of shared jurisdiction. Um, that was good for additional resources. It was a good good for information sharing, and it was sort of good for it was a good partnership. Um, now, in the wake of this ruling and so many wetlands no longer being protected by the federal government, Wisconsin loses um, loses that partnership in in a lot of cases. Um, and I should say that in the, in the wake of this ruling, um, really what this means is that there are some estimates, although it's really hard to calculate, but after the ruling it's estimated that about half of previously federal federally protected wetlands are no longer protected uh, and so now it's up to states to to protect the rest of that um, and so here we are in Wisconsin and as I said we, we certainly have a good uh, a good law but in addition to the to the issue I just raised um there's also uh, Wisconsin also has uh there are wetland permit exemptions for certain non-federal waters. Um, And now that there are certainly more non-federal waters in the state, uh, that permit exemption has grown quite a bit for for here in the state. And um, that's not something that, you know, that permit exemption when it originally went into effect, certainly not something that the environmental community was in favor of, Um, but with the state having such good wetland laws and federal, federal protections um, I think it was relatively limited and now it's certainly um, not to the same extent because there are far fewer federally protected wetlands here in the state. And finally, I think, and you know, to some extent, most obviously, but maybe not. I mean, water doesn't respect borders. Um, and there, It's not going to it's not like a flooding issue in a neighboring state is going to get to the border and say, well, never mind, we'll, we'll stay here. Um, and you, it's easy to think of that in uh, the recent flooding uh, along the Mississippi River. Um You know, if we have if we have good wetlands laws here in Wisconsin, but say Minnesota doesn't. um, Pollutants that are coming out of less protected wetlands, perhaps in in Minnesota, for instance, and I don't exactly know their laws, so I don't exactly can't explain exactly what this would entail, but certainly. um, Flooding events in, in Minnesota, when the Mississippi River floods, that's all going to come into the river, into Wisconsin. Um, And so, you know, just because we have good laws um, doesn't mean we're protected by the movement of water coming coming from other states, uh, perhaps that don't have the same level of protection. So it is it is quite a big deal for for Wisconsin, even though we again uh, with that bipartisan effort uh, almost 20 years ago. And I hope what what we'll see is um, on the one hand, certainly following this ruling. You know, the political will not to sort of chip away at that law that was passed 20 years ago, because certainly over time it's been chipped away at a little bit. Um, So I hope the political will to really maintain our current laws, um, but also the political will to do what bipartisan legislature did 20 years ago, which is pass any new laws that would that would bolster our wetlands laws even more.
1: Sure, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if anyone has any ideas of how to kind of consider the impact of the ruling with legislation. Um, I also want to touch on the PFAS discussion um, in the budget. The Joint Finance Committee recently um, rejected a proposal by Governor Evers, and they have their own uh, bill to kind of fund these efforts. Um, some people are kind of concerned that this funding is attached to a bill and the bill would need to pass in order to get that funding out there. I guess, could you talk about your thoughts on the bill? Any concerns you have?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, Clean Wisconsin, we were certainly um, encouraged to, uh, encourage, and, and no doubt pleased to see um, joint finance aside $125 million. For PFAS, that is, Without a doubt, that's a major investment and a, and a great you know, down payment on, on getting, uh, getting serious on cleaning up this issue. Um, so we're appreciative for those efforts. And, and in combination with the bill, there's you know there are some pretty encouraging things in the bill as well. Certainly the municipal grants, um, putting money directly into the hands of, of uh, municipalities for testing, for upgrading water systems, um, the grants for the, uh, the innocent property owners and other sort of grant programs in the, in the bill um all of those are encouraging and good to see i think where we're, we're concerned and a lot of folks in the environmental uh community are concerned are um specifically section 10 of the bill which um, sort of says what dnr can't do um, and in reading that language it certainly appears that um, pfos is treated differently under the spill wisconsin spills law as compared to other contaminants um, for instance uh, the bill says that um, DNR can't require a uh, can't re- require a property owner of a brownfield property to test for PFAS um, unless DNR has information that the property previously had a substantial amount of uncontained PFAS. Um, that's a different. They're treating PFAS differently there under that under that sort of statute. So um, you know we're concerned about that. We're concerned that sort of tying DNR's hand, although the money is great, the grant programs are great. And while that certainly seems like a step forward, um, I think we have some concerns that, you know, could it inadvertently be taking two steps back by tying the DNR's hands on some of these issues. And so um, we're paying very close attention to the bill, testifying in the bill, um, and are, are hopeful we we can see some amendments going forward that might sort of uh, you know, make some small language changes to perhaps uh, appease some of our and some of the environmental community's fears, but we'll see how it goes. We're certainly again encouraged and, and grateful for for the the down payment, and the 125 million. Um, encouraged that uh, the legislature put this bill forth and, and is looking to really tackle the issue in a comprehensive way. And I think at the end of the day, like so many bills, it comes down to the the you know minutia of the language and what does this mean and what are the author's intent and does the intent line up with what the words actually say on the page? And so I think it's just ensuring that, um, we really can have the best bill possible.
1: Yeah. And I also wanted to ask, do you think that, um, other than these concerns, are you hopeful that the investment will be able to pass through both chambers of the legislature?
2: Yeah, you know, I I think so. I, I, um, Finance's budget process is uh, certainly a, a pretty uh, substantial process. And I think when you get the uh, you know legislative leaders and committee leaders in a room and they're talking through things and they arrive at that number, I think that number has been, I would hope and assume that that number has been vetted through all the proper channels and that when we get to a final bill that passes... There's no reason for anybody to believe that that 125000000 million won't remain intact. That I think that would be the hope of certainly Clean Wisconsin, certainly the environmental community, but I think that would be the hope uh, of every citizen who's affected by PFAS currently, um, and I think that not only is that their hope, but they certainly deserve um, to, to take the legislature at its word. It, it promised $125 million, and um, they deserve that number at the end of the day.
1: Okay. um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about a recent settlement with Kennard Farms, a concentrated animal feeding operation. Clean Wisconsin was involved in that lawsuit. Maybe you could just explain um, what that whole lawsuit was about and the impact of that, how it's significant.
2: Yeah, so the original suit that went through uh, Supreme Court, Clean um, Wisconsin was uh, won that case back in 2021. Um, In the case, the outcome of that case basically said that um, the DNR needs to exercise its authority um, to determine when monitoring and animal uh, unit limits are appropriate for a given farm. Um, So Clean Wisconsin, you know, never argued that those conditions are appropriate for every farm and every permit, but that DNR at least needs to exercise its authority to determine uh, when it is appropriate. And so I guess what we've been doing uh, since then is our attorneys have been taking a look at, um, as farms go through their five-year WIPDES permit uh, renewal process, we've been checking just to see how the DNR is or or isn't implementing its authority um, as in the outcome of that case. Um, In a few cases, DNR has imposed groundwater monitoring. Certainly, that's created some litigation. We've seen settlements, and I think that that's the specific settlement that you're referring to in in Kinnard. Um, And so we we still have yet to see, uh, well, we'll see soon how uh, in the next few years about how monitoring is or isn't helping address water quality issues. Um, You know, it's never been Clean Wisconsin's position that monitoring was sort of the silver bullet that would be enough on its own. and monitoring just tells us you know how we can better manage manure on farms uh we still need you know political will whether that's through standalone legislation whether that's through action in the budget um uh whether that's action like uh nr 151 for instance the administrative rulemaking process we still need sort of the political will there to put together all the puzzle pieces to really tackle this this problem but um Certainly in the the wake of that uh, Supreme Court case, we're just monitoring to see how DNR is exercising its authority.
1: Okay, well, I think that's all the questions I have. Thank you for joining me on the podcast.
0: Thanks, Kate. All right, Kate, thanks for bringing us that interview. It was wonderful to hear from Eric and you. If our listeners want to check out more stories about water quality in Wisconsin, they can head over to our website at wispolitics.com. Where they can actually check out one of your recent stories on new water quality anti degradation rules. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer.
1: I'm Cade Morton.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Wisp Politics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum.